This is a Clark University podcast. I teach this class called Racism and Inequity in Schools. And yesterday, um, I shared this book called Birthday Cake for Washington with the students. They had a chance to read it. The person who's centered in that book, Hercules, enslaved by George Washington. The book is much about how he cooked for the president. It focuses on that. And students were like, this doesn't really represent this institution well. It, there's nothing about enslavement in it. And there are a lot of smiling enslaved folks in it. And they had a problem with it. Not a lot of emphasis on the harshness of slavery, the complexity of it. And they were saying they wish it existed. They wish they learned more about the institution early on. Raphael Rogers is an education professor at Clark University who teaches aspiring teachers the art of discussing difficult topics in the classroom. This includes slavery and racism. As Raphael helps shape the next generation of teachers, the country is in the midst of a debate about how, or even if, these complex topics belong in schools. If you look at the discourse around why folks shouldn't focus on these issues in classrooms, there's a lot of talk about indoctrination. These teachers, these folks are trying to indoctrinate our kids. They want them to think in a particular way. An argument could be made that the politicians that are pushing for folks not to, they're also trying to indoctrinate. So I, I think some folks, parents, politicians, even students who don't want any part of this in schools, they want a space where the indoctrination is much about let's not deal with race. It's not a problem. And I think that benefits some. And I think it's to try to control classrooms in a manner where that indoctrination is much about shaping, influencing the minds of a younger generation to align with a way of thinking that will benefit those who are pushing for let's not deal with this at all. I do have a lot of students that are nervous about engaging in the teaching of a topic that's complex, challenging. Many of those students, aspiring teachers, I think in their own education, it wasn't something that was grappled with often. I think people stay away from it or steer clear. And if you're reading about how slavery is being taught, K-12, a lot of controversy, a lot of folks pushing back about whether or not it should be taught in depth or not. So it's on the table in my classes. They're charged with teaching it. It's part of the frameworks. And I think some teachers that I work with don't want to delve deep. They'd rather stay on the periphery, but I think students want to. I'm Melissa Hansen, a producer in Clark's communications office, and this is Challenge Change. I'm from the Caribbean, and a lot of the history teachers that I had, their focus was on resistance against slavery. So a lot of the text focused on that. And the U.S. is a little different in the spaces that I'm in. I think people avoid slavery a lot, so they, they don't necessarily get that. I think you have to begin with the context in terms of who your students are, the district that you're in, the curriculum standards. So when it comes to appropriate, that's in play out the gate. And for people who are nervous about teaching this topic, I understand that because we're in a time where folks 
have gotten into a lot of hot water for how they approach the teaching of this topic. So we begin there. Learn your context, learn your curriculum. Fortunately, in Massachusetts, there's a strong push for like historical thinking skills. So when it comes to like learning about the history of slavery in this country, we're focused on historiography, how historians have written about slavery. We're focused on contemporary cultural artifacts that represent slavery. I have this picture book unit that I work on with a teacher at Claremont, and students get a chance to think about like how those texts might make their way into the classroom. How much are they connected to the historical studies on slavery? For Raphael, the appropriate way to teach about slavery starts with historical record. He encourages teachers to find sources that reveal as much information as possible about the institution of slavery. For young students, this could mean showing picture books that explain the topic. For older students, this may include documents written by plantation owners. I really do think it's important for students to understand how historians craft narratives about the history of slavery. What sources did they use to make their argument about the history of slavery? So in the classes that I'm in, we're looking at runaway slave ads. We're reading from the WPA slave narrative. We're also looking at what plantation owners wrote. So we're really trying to lean into the historical record and get students to recognize like the authors of those pieces reveal much about the history of slavery as well. So we're delving deep in terms of like, what do you get from a plantation owner's diary when they write about slavery? How does that shape how they saw the institution? What about runaway slave ads? What do they reveal? So that's the work that we're doing in terms of ways to get students to engage with the institution in a really deep and complex way. I think if you look at what Massachusetts is asking folks to do for fourth graders and what's appropriate, there's debate about like how much to introduce to students at that time. And that's where I think it's context. It's the students that are in front of you. I've shared like the picture book units that I've done with younger students. I think some authors and illustrators are really thoughtful in terms of what they represent about the institution in their text. But for me, when it comes to like fourth grade elementary school students, I think it's really important for them to understand that the institution existed, for them to grapple with what that institution was like for different groups of people. And I think sometimes even though we act like age appropriateness is clear cut. Anyone who's been in K through six schools, you know, you have fourth graders that could grapple with X, deal with Y because of just their background and others who might not be able to. So that's something that you're thinking about in terms of the students in front of you and what works for them. I do think there's a line though in terms of it's really important to get students, even at that age, to understand just how complex that institution was, the impact that it had on American history or the history of this country, and realize the harshness of that institution too. I know some sort of shy away from that, but I share with the students that I work with in schools that in my youth, the harshness of slavery wasn't hidden. In one of the recent units that I helped 
teacher was sharing with them like this song that we would sing growing up and it's about slavery. There's some harsh elements in it, but I think our elders, the parents, others in our community wanted us to know like this institution was harsh and it impacted your ancestors. It impacts you. They didn't want us to shy away from that. When Florida Governor Ron DeSantis recently banned AP African American Studies, it didn't come as a shock to Raphael, particularly following the anti-critical race theory movement. For years, there has been a push to limit what educators can say about race and racism in the classroom. No worry that some folks have is that with all this legislation, teachers will be even more fearful to address issues connected to race and slavery in their classrooms at all. At the end of last year, I think there were 36 states that there was either legislation or policies that have been passed connected to don't address race or racism in the classroom. And those legislations or policies are not clear, they're vague. So it makes a lot of teachers feel really uncertain about, can I really address some of these issues in my classroom? I think there's a lot of press around like what's happening in terms of the anti-critical race theory, laws, bills, policies, not enough around people pushing back. Today I'm actually meeting with Department of Education. There's a core group of folks who are pushing for teacher ed programs to definitely center issues connected to race, racism, anti-racism in their programs. So we're trying to sort of think about how to change the expectation for teacher ed programs when it comes to getting the teachers to center race and racism in their, in, in their teaching. Florida is the focus of current headlines. But Raphael has seen similar debates break out in Massachusetts towns. There are folks in this state, parents who are pushing back against what teachers are doing. And I think for me, being here, that's where I focus in terms of like, those folks can have an impact too. Those folks who are challenging teachers, challenging principals, challenging Department of Ed in terms of their aspirations to really not shy away from issues connected to race and racism, I think that's more of a concern for me right now. In one of his classes, a lesson on the historic Supreme Court case Brown versus Board of Education and the Racial Imbalance Act have been illuminating for students. I think some of my students are surprised, like, Wow, I didn't know. Like there were so many folks who were against desegregation. It's good for them to hear what folks were saying in South Boston against about black kids. I think we've been grappling in that class with what it means to be in a state where many people see themselves as nice white allies and the impact of that. There are folks in communities in Massachusetts who aren't necessarily focused on and oppressed, but who are going to school meetings, who are in classrooms, who aren't really sort of stepping up to the plate to push for centering issues connected to race, racism, and inequity. This stuff was here. What will happen if conversations about race disappear from the school system? 
Raphael thinks it will lead to a re-emergence of colorblindness or perhaps add to an ongoing teacher shortage. I think it's 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 a worry for me in terms of what that a society like that will look will look like. I think the whole colorblind discourse re-emerging, a lot of problems connected to that. Language connected to not only you can't teach X, but we need to police more is also worrisome to me. I think teachers want some independence to make some decisions based on their experience and their knowledge. When you have politicians and others who aren't in the know, who aren't knowledgeable, who haven't been in those spaces, dictating what teachers should do, I think you could have a group of teachers who are frustrated and exit. And I also think the profession as a whole, in terms of people being interested in it, I think you could have a lot of fear in terms of, you think about a profile of Clark student who wants to have an impact in educational spaces, who's like worried about how impactful can I be if I have schools where the policies are, can't talk about X or Y. To keep lessons about race and racism in classrooms, despite how uncomfortable those conversations may be, Raphael stresses the importance of being involved in the community and showing up to school committee meetings. The involvement piece is key. Folks are making decisions about how folks will be teaching and folks who are for just learning about race need to be at the table. They need to be involved. They need to push for it. To learn more about education at Clark, visit clarku.edu slash departments slash education. Challenge Change is produced by Andrew Hart and Melissa Hansen for Clark University. Find other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. One, two, three. Clark! <laughs>